everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Today is Wonderful Women Wednesday. And as we celebrate Black History Month, I want to continue that trend and talk about a young lady that I don't know where I've been, but after doing research, I found out the story I'm going to talk about has been mentioned over 15 years ago. So I'm kind of late. I just happened to be going through channels as usual. And I was actually doing research on what today's podcast was going to be about. And I saw her on television telling her story. Now, I didn't realize her story was pretty old, but it's still relevant because I'm a person that watches TV, do research. I never heard of her until this day. So I'm guessing a lot of you may not either. And I found it so interesting because this is a young lady that is definitely wonderful. And her story is just like making me want to go and do some research on myself. And the young lady we are talking about, well, I am talking about, her name is Sarah Jane Coberson, or as we know her now, she is Princess Sarah. And the reason why I say now is, as I said, I was flipping through the channel and I saw all this information about this young lady who did some background check. I was actually watching Access Hollywood a couple of days ago, and she did some research on her ancestry, and lo and behold, she is literally born into a family where she is a real princess. You know, I have twin granddaughters who are six and one of them, she is just obsessed with princesses. And I can't wait to tell her this story when she gets older. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to buy the young lady we're talking about's book so she can read the story. So let's talk about Princess Sarah. We're going to go back to the beginning. Her name right now is Sarah Jane Coberson. She was born Esther Elizabeth Kapasowa. I don't know how to pronounce it, but forgive me if I mispronounced it. In Morgantown, West Virginia, to an American mother and a Sierra Leonean father. She was put into foster care as an infant and was later adopted by by a white couple named Jim and Judy Coberson, who were from West Virginia. Her adoptive father was a professor of neuroanatomy. Okay. He was a professor at West Virginia University. Forgive me, guys. I am very educated. It's just some of these words. It's a little complicated. But he was a professor at West Virginia University, and her adopted mother was a special education instructor at an elementary school. She grew up not even knowing about her real birth parents, and she was raised in the United Methodist faith. She played basketball, served as student body president, and was homecoming queen at University High School. 
She received a theater scholarship to West Virginia University and graduated in 1998. And she later obtained a master's of fine art degree from the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. Well, in 2004, she was interested in finding out about her biological parents. So she hired an investigator. And guess what? She discovered that her biological mother was a white woman from the United States named Penny. And she had died from cancer 12 years earlier. But she also discovered that her father was a prince. That's crazy. That's positive, but it's crazy. And he was a member of the Mindy royal family. Now check that out. Wow. Her paternal grandfather had been a paramount chief of Bump in Sierra Leone. Wow, wow, wow. So she found out that she was royalty. So she reconnected with her father after writing him a letter. And it was so funny because her father revealed that he had been a visiting college student when she was conceived and he and her mother agreed that they were too young and not financially suitable to care for a child at that time. Now, it is amazing that she just decided she wanted to find out her roots. And not only did she find out her roots, she literally found out her family is royalty. Now, how cool is that? I think I need to go get me an Ancestry.com, uh, one of those uh, Ancestry bloodline uh, tests, because you just never know. I mean, after hearing this story, I think we all might want to do that. Now, her story is so profound. I saw so many things on the internet and YouTube of interviews she did, but what I wanted to do since uh, Access Hollywood was the show I saw it on, I actually grabbed my recorder as usual and take the conversation that they were having. And, you know, it's so funny because even before all that was known, she was a force to be reckoned with herself because she founded a lot of things she worked as a director of service learning at the Oakwood School in Los Angeles. As a service director, she organized school service trips to Sierra Leone. She had previously worked at the Brentwood School where she established a dance program. You know, it was so funny um, when I was reading her background just about who she was in general. She has so many adjectives by her name. Because she's described as so many things. Like from 2005 to 2006, she was a dancer with Contra Tiempo, which is a professional dance company based in L.A. that specializes in salsa, hip-hop, contemporary dance performances. And now she's on the board of directors and continues to perform as a guest artist. But when I was reading all the adjectives that describes who she is, I was impressed just by <laughs> who she is here. You know, um, how do you just 
I don't know. I'm just so, so amazed, I guess, of how God just does things and he brings a lot of people full circle. Now, she's an author. She's a public speaker. She's a humanitarian, philanthropist, an actress, and she is now the co-founder of Sierra Leone Rising. You know, in 2006, she co-founded Sierra Leone Rising, formerly known as her family's foundation. I can't pronounce it, which is a nonprofit foundation that supports education, rebuilding the schools and improving quality of life in the bump chiefdom of Sierra Leone after the Civil War. I don't know if you guys know anything about Sierra Leone. I remember in elementary school, I had a teacher who was from there, and that was a long time ago, but he was just talking about a lot of things there that um, just weren't that good as far as um, how people have been treated. So I'm just so excited about this young lady, you know, and I I didn't realize she had um, done an interview last, well, December 2020 with NBC News. And she was talking about her visit to Sierra Leone. And I just want to um, read some of that article. And as I always mention, all my sources are included on my page, on my Podbean app. So you can find out the sources. And when I post them on Twitter, when I post my uh, podcast episodes on t- my Twitter account, which is at Advocacy Ladies, I always put my sources so you guys can go and verify the things that I'm saying. But um, Princess Sarah is what we're going to call her. She went to Sierra, Sierra Leone in 2004. And this article was saying that she saw the unthinkable during her first visit to, it's called Bumpe or Bump. I don't know if the E is silent, but it's spelled B-U-M-P-E. Sierra Leone. In 2004, she said it was just unthinkable because she saw children wandering with missing limbs, schools reduced to rubble, entire neighborhoods destroyed or burned. And she was just shocked at what she saw. She didn't see the West African country known for its white sand beaches. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. And they're saying that this is the land now that she's known, that she's now serving as a princess. And she's quoted as saying, it was overwhelming. The reality wasn't just, I'm coming to meet my family and everything's perfect. It was a reality check. This is what people have been living through. This is my family. How is this princess going to be part of this community and make a difference in the country? Wow, that's a lot. To learn, first of all, that you're a princess, you go visit your family in the city where you are a princess, and you're coming from America, which, you know, they call us the country of plenty, and you come into all seeing all this. I mean, when I was reading this, I was visualizing this, and it just hurts my heart. I mean, to see children wandering with missing limbs, that in itself just hurts my heart. 
and she had the witnesses on her very first visit. Now imagine you found out your family is royalty. You're going for the first time. I don't think this is something you expect to see, even if it is a small town. She goes on to say, I felt the unrest of Freetown. I could feel in the air that people were nervous and trying to protect themselves. Even though there had been peace for two years, people were still on guard. Wow. You know, when she says peace for two years, what she's talking about is just two years before her visit, which was in 2004, she um, had, I guess, found out the fact that there was a decade long of brutal civil war in Sierra Leone, and it had just come to an end two years before her visit. A rebel force waging a campaign against the government had killed tens of thousands of people and left many with missing limbs and economy in tatters. So by that war, you, she saw these children that she had spoke about with these missing limbs. Oh man, I just, I just can't, um, I can't even, as a mother, I can't even visualize seeing anything like that. You know, um, this lady is just so amazing. Her story is just so amazing. And I definitely wanted to do as much as I could to introduce her to people who may not be familiar with her. And as I mentioned, um, she's the co-founder of the Sierra Leone Rising, which is a nonprofit organization that raises funds to improve education economic opportunity, and sustainable living for people in Sierra Leone. So if you are interested in maybe helping out, and I never advertise anything, but I think you should go to Princess Sarah's website and uh, donate or be a part of it because, oof, I'm sorry. I'm just tripping on the children wandering around with missing limbs. You know, we see a lot of stuff on TV, especially over in Africa of children starving and homeless and flies all on their face. And it really is, um, it's, it's heartbreaking, but I can't even imagine seeing children wandering around with missing limbs. Wow. You know, um, she said she had started searching for a biological family at the age of 28. And it's just so amazing that, um, wow. Mm -mm -mm. It's just so amazing. I'm sorry. It's, it's just, I'm just looking at this whole, mm -mm. and she, she, she found out a lot about her family and the Mindy is, uh, the part of the royalty family she's a part of. And they saying that the Mindy are one of the two largest ethnic groups in Sierra Leone. And they're saying accounting for 33.2% of the country's population. The tribe is generally found in the east and in the south of the country. I want to read some quotes from her because I just think it is just so amazing. She says, 
My only guidance of what a princess was, was what I saw in movies. She goes on to say, but it's really about responsibility. It's about walking in my great-grandfather and grandfather's footsteps and what they've done for the country. I realize that's my role as a princess, to keep moving things forward in the country. Wow. She lets people know, which is a good point, that her title didn't mean she came in the wealth. Instead, she says she inherited an immense responsibility, restoring buildings, promoting safety, and offering hope to people living in a war-torn land. So she got to work alongside her biological brother, that's when they founded the foundation, which I mentioned before, called Sierra Leone Rising. So in 2006, they, want to re they rebuilt the Bump High School and promote education in the country. Oof. Well, I want to read something that is said about her by her, by, uh, her adopted father, James. Sarah was an outgoing people meeting one-year-old <laughs> when we adopted her. So she was born ready to go. He says she is still the same outgoing person who genuinely loves and enjoys almost everyone she meets. Wow, wow, wow. He continues to say, almost from her first visit to Sierra Leone to meet her father, she saw her princess role as one involving trying to find some way to help. She certainly recognized her close connection to a family and chiefdom and country. Her work to improve life there has demonstrated tremendous personal growth in many areas. Mm-mm-mm. It was nice. And if you can go on TV or YouTube, well, YouTube, I guess, or Google some of the video, it was really cool. And they did this on um, the show I saw her on. And they were showing how her father gave her this beautiful green outfit to put on because uh, it was Access Hollywood, actually, where I saw it. Her father gave her this beautiful green printed outfit to put on. And then she was greeted by all these people. You know, she, she had on the same color. Well, they had on the same colors as her. And um, they were showing welcoming her marked a rare moment of joy for the community. Hundreds of people came out to praise her during a special ceremony in 2006. And uh, like I said, her, fa her biological father gave her this beautiful green dress and she and he wore a matching shirt. It was so cool. You got to see it because visualizing it is different than hearing about it. And it was so cool. Um, there was dancing, singing, and they were saying, we're preparing for Sarah. Yeah, you guys got to see it. And it was saying it was such a life altering experience. This is Sarah saying it was such a life altering experience. It was shocking, amazing, overwhelming, excited. It was beautiful, glorious, and uplifting. That's what I'm talking about. 
And when I saw the actual video that I'm reading about, I had to just kind of, I hate to say it, I had to move who I initially was going to talk about today. And I wanted to bring her to the forefront because there's a lot of video on her. Now, the cool thing about this story, check this out. She wrote a book and the name of the book is called A Princess Found. And listen to this. This book was so inspiring. It's going to serve as the basis of a new movie that is coming out. Now, they're saying it's produced by someone named Stephanie Elaine, who became the first black woman to produce the Academy Awards ceremony. So we're going to have a black woman produce this movie about a princess found, which is Princess Sarah. Now, Access Hollywood, they said it's going to be a Disney movie. I don't know. I didn't see from my research if that's what it's going to be, but it makes sense. So once again, I'm going to have to support Disney on this movie. And I know a lot of black families are going to support this as well because we don't have that many princesses in the Disney lineup. And I remember when... Um, Princess Tiana came out. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't wait to get the Disney doll for my future grandkids. <laughs> and when I took them to Disney World in Florida for their fifth birthday, I have so many pictures and audio of them spending. We, we had the, you know, you have to make an appointment for the princesses for special time, picture, meet and greet with them. But my granddaughters were so at all with Princess Tiana. And by them watching the movie, you know, The Princess and the Frog, they um, knew her story was about cooking. They started giving her the list of food they wanted her to cook. And it was so cool because I'm going to tell you what this princess did. And I know a lot of people got upset. And to be honest with you, we had a private time and we were actually the only African-Americans in the room. So Princess Tiana did something a little different than normal. She took extra extra time to talk to the twins i mean it was supposed to be hey take a picture move on and i have video she must have took about 15 minutes with them it kind of like shut everything down for a minute because she wanted to influence them about being a princess and being a princess that looks like them and to keep encouraging them so that was pretty cool so what i like to do real quick before I end this episode, I want you guys to listen to um, the interview that they did with this young lady. And we're going to call her Princess Sarah because Princess Sarah, she is the truth. And I really, really want you guys to hear her story. As I mentioned, I I don't know how I accidentally deleted the audio I got from Access Hollywood, but my two of my favorite people on TV when it comes to giving the information is Tamara Hall. I love Tamara Hall. I loved her on the Today Show, and she has her own show, and Soledad O'Brien. And I wanted to play both of the interviews because the interview on CNN with Soledad was from 2007. And I want you guys to see how far Princess Sarah has come. This interview with Tamron Hall 
was just um, two months ago. So we're talking about a 13, 14 year difference. So you can see the difference in growth of Princess Sarah. So I'm going to play the interviews back to back before we close out this episode. Growing up with adoptive parents in West Virginia, Sarah Culberson always wondered about her biological roots. She found out her birth mother died of cancer 12 years ago. Setting aside her fears of being rejected by her biological father, Sarah hired a private investigator to find him. She found him in Africa. We're going to Africa. We're going to meet my dad. And I don't know what to expect. And it turns out her biological father is a chief of a small province in Sierra Leone in West Africa. So Sarah is a princess in the village of Pompeii. She could even be village chief someday. Sarah was thrilled. So was her father, who drove across dirt roads to the closest town with cell phone reception to call her. This is amazing. Overwhelming. I'm like crying. I don't know what's going on. Sarah's new title may be glamorous, but that's where it ends. The aspiring Los Angeles actress quickly learned that she is far richer than any of her 36,000 subjects. During Sierra Leone's 11-year civil war, the village was overrun by rebels who allowed villagers to live, but cut their limbs so they couldn't fight back. The rebels destroyed homes and buildings, burned down the school where Sarah's father was headmaster. And so Sarah decided to help, creating a foundation for the struggling village. She's found a role of a lifetime, and when she last left Pompeii, they found a new princess. Sarah Culberson is our guest this morning. This is such a fantastic story. Why, why did you feel the need to search out your birth parents? Was it something you wanted to do for a long time? Yeah, it was. You know, I did this training and development program called Landmark Education, and I was... Effort as an acting, you mean? Yeah, I, well, I went there for acting. I was like, I want to have a breakthrough in my acting, but something completely different showed up. I realized that I was terrified to find my biological father. So I was sitting there... And I said, where are you holding back in your life? Tell the person sitting next to you. And I was sitting next to my friend Art, and I said, I'm terrified to find my biological father. Because he might not want you, might reject you again, I was, all that. Yeah, I was afraid of being rejected. And he said, you know what? I know a private investigator who can help you, and he won't charge you more than 100 bucks, and your dad's going to love you. So, so you discovered that your mother had died, and, and you discovered that your father, not only was he in Africa, which would be enough of a shock anyway, right. but he's, he's the chief. You know, which makes you the princess. What was that like, that discovery? Overwhelming <laughs> at first, but exciting. And, okay, what does this mean, and what is the responsibility here? What did it mean? On? I mean, were you like, okay, I'm a princess? For a while, I didn't know what it meant. And then I went to Africa, and they had this amazing ceremony for me, and everyone was so gorgeous and so amazing. And then I just started to see what was going on there. I saw people with their arms chopped off. A lot of scars, uh, both on the outside and the inside of my community. Oh, my gosh. And I said, okay, now I see what my role is as a princess. I need to do something. And so I started a nonprofit organization with my friend John Worley, who went and shot all this amazing footage. And um, we started a nonprofit and called the Pasola Foundation. And we're rebuilding the school through the funds that oh, people tell, are donating. Tell me a little bit about what you saw what, that was there. The people had their limbs cut off, obviously, which is a, a story, yeah. frankly, sadly, across Sierra Leone. Yeah. And what, what else about the town? Tell me what, what you saw. Um, what struck you? Uh, one of the things that struck me was how amazing the people are. They've been through so much tragedy, seeing people be murdered right in front of them, and they just rise above it. 
you know, I get upset about things, daily things. And after being there, I'm like, why am I worried about anything? It's a whole nother level. So I just saw perseverance, strength, and people who need support to rebuild because everything was taken from them. How much money do you need to... I mean, we mentioned you're a struggling actress, which means you're <laughs> probably doing a lot of waitressing and some other stuff well, in there, too, along with your work. What? Yeah. How much money do you need? We need $200,000 to start with, to start rebuilding the school. And the amazing part of that is when people donate the money, it also goes to the people who are rebuilding. So the people in Africa get to actually get to feed their families because they're rebuilding the school. We put the website up in case people listening Thank to your you. story want to contribute in, yeah. in any way, shape, or form. I know you're going back to Africa with your adoptive father yeah. this time. This December, I'm taking my dad, and we're actually looking to start rebuilding. And um, Now, your adoptive to parents are white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So yeah. how have they felt about discovering that they got this link to Africa that they, <laughs> that they really didn't know about, you know, even when they had you as their adopted daughter? You know what? Um... They're amazing. They've traveled all over the world and done work in different parts of the country. And so they're just, they're excited and they're honored and they're so supportive and loving that this has been the most amazing journey of my life and thus far. I know it was done, I guess, at the beginning to sort of figure out your acting. Has it yeah. made, has made a change in that too? And my acting? I mean, this really, the story came out on Friday, and it's been a whirlwind ever since, so we'll see what happens, you know? Well, good for you. This yeah. is such a wonderful story. I guess I should have called you your royal highness when I entered you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> I throw no, myself at your feet for your long introduction. Uh, Princess Sarah Kobleson joining us this morning. Thank so that you. sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. You like that. <laughs> and if you want more information, seriously, uh, to help Sarah rebuild the school and even just donate on any front, um, it would go to... Uh, Bumpenya, I'll spell it out because it's a little tricky. B U M P, Bumpenya, E N Y A, one word, dot com. Thanks for talking with us, Sarah. Thank you. Good luck to Thanks you. Now, I was trying to find my recording and I don't know how I accidentally deleted it, but I went and found an interview from 2007 with Soledad O'Brien on CNN. And of course, that was over 14 years ago. So I wanted to see if I can find something more recent since I couldn't find the interview she did on Access Hollywood. So since we are celebrating Black History Month, I went to find Tamara Hall. She interviewed her two months ago. So I want you guys to listen to this interview as well. Francis Sarah joins us now. Thank you so much for joining. Do I say you're magic? Is there a proper protocol to all of this? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you'd like. Princess Sarah, Sarah works. Princess Sarah, you know, I like the ring of that. I said before the commercial break that this was like the Princess Bride. My friend, my colleagues and friends said, no, the movie is called Princess Diaries, Tamara. The movie with Anne Hathaway is Princess Diaries. So I stand corrected. <laughs> Let me start here. Before you finally received that call, what did you learn about your mother and father in the search for your biological family? What was the first big clue that you got? I learned a lot about my birth father. I, I learned that my first, that my birth mother had passed away of cancer. And um, I got to meet some of her family members, which was absolutely amazing. And and got to hear that we had the same laugh and that no one was ever a stranger, which was really cool because I talked to everyone. Ever since I was a little girl, my mom would say to me, Sarah, 
I don't want you to be kidnapped because I would run up and talk to everyone all the time. And that's exactly how my birth mother was. No one was ever a stranger. She was friendly with everyone. So I learned about her spirit and she loved to sing and dance. And so do I. And then I also learned that my birth father, um, not only did he come to the United States to get his education, but he went back to Sierra Leone to do work in the country and support the country and the chiefdom. And he also supported a lot of young kids with their education, being a principal at a school, helping to run the chiefdom, and also just paying for kids' education. How so did you end up with I your family? How did you end up with your family in Virginia? So in my family in West Virginia, I, um, you know, I think it was just like an absolute blessing. Um, the social worker told my parents they actually wanted to adopt a boy. <laughs> and um, they went and met the social worker and she showed them all these different children. And basically she said, I'm not leaving until you choose the right one. And she wanted them to adopt me for whatever reason. And I got the most amazing parents in the world. Um, this is a, a wonderful picture of my aunt Fran and my grandma, Sarah. Wow. Actually, this is, um, this is, this is the family and my dad, um, and me, I met okay. them. Um, they raised my birth mother, which was really, really so fun. They raised your birth well. mother. They end up raising you. So you have this beautiful structured family. Let me go back to your, your roots here in America. How did you end up in foster care and ultimately adopted? Were your parents not able to take, to take on that responsibility? What happened? Well, when I spoke to my father, he said, you know, I wanted you first, Sarah, I want you to please forgive me. I didn't know how to find you after you've been put up for adoption. Your name had changed. Everything had changed. And I said, no, 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 please forgive me because I've been making you wrong my entire life just to protect myself. And I'm not going to do that. And he said, listen, your mother and I really wanted to give you to a family who could take care of you and give you all the things that you wanted that we knew we couldn't give you. And to me, that's one of the selfless things that someone could do. It's so hard to place a child in a, up in foster care and then adoption and to say, I'm going to let somebody else do I mean, you have a little one. Yeah. It, I was nine months old. And so it, I love them so much. And, and, I, and I'm glad that I have them in my life and I have my amazing family. I could not have done this without my parents who raised me. They taught me, yeah, my dad and my birth father, I love this photo. They really taught me how to be my parents and my my extended family my sisters my niece and nephews like wow. they are my angels and now i have my family in west africa oh, too, I think, so listen, I think there are many together. things about your story that that i find just <laughs> compelling but to know that your father asked for forgiveness for a decision as you pointed out would be impossible for any parent to make it's just so difficult and many many reasons as to why you're reunited now as royalty I'm curious because people assume royalty, you're rich or that you have some privilege. Did your life change in that way? My life completely changed and it, it changed for the better. I started to think about what's important, what's not, that being a princess is about being responsible. I mean, there are all kinds of different duties and roles that, um, I'm taking on, we are doing, my mom has done, helped a lot. She did a lot of work in Sierra Leone around wells and getting clean drinking water. Um, Rotary Foundation worked. We dug nine wells that are serving thousands of people with clean drinking water. And we realized, wow, people need more water because we were just there in December and we had a water bottle. There was only this much water left. So your, your responsibilities and duties are life changing. This is not just, okay, I get to walk out and and pomp and circumstance, 
you are impacting change on the lives of the people that you would never have met potentially had you not gone in search of your legacy and your lineage. I have something here. My team tells me that you have something for me. I don't know what it is. I see something with a bow here alongside me. And oh, so they're telling yes. me to open it I up. I have a surprise for you. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Open it. It's a diploma. <laughs> I graduated. I'm going to open it nervously. Oh. Okay. We, the royal family, the Pessoas of Sierra Leone, bestow Miss Tamara Hall, an honorary member of our family and the Mende tribe. In your honor, we will place your name on a well that will provide clean drinking water for thousands of people in Sierra Leone, West Africa. That's so, so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my God, I, I don't even know how to respond to something like this <laughs> when life doesn't prepare you for it. But thank you so much. Thank you to the Mende tribe. And oh, this is beautiful. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, I just wanted to do this as a, I mean, I know a lot of people are probably talking about her, but this was something that I needed to do because this story was just amazing. So I hope you guys enjoyed this positive uh, podcast episode on Princess Sarah. And definitely check out her, go buy her book and look forward to the movie that's coming up. I really wish I had that interview with Access Hollywood because she talks a little more about it. But you can go online and do your research and find out more about that. So I'm in this episode saying I appreciate you listeners. I ask you to follow me on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. We ask that you give us a call with any questions or comments at 404-855-7723. You can always send us an email at podcast host shaypate19 at gmail.com. That's all small letters. And you can follow us on any of the podcasts. Uh, stations, Pandora, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, and Alexa, tune in. And definitely uh, put a notification on the following so you will know every time I post my podcast series and ready to be heard. So, you know, I like to end all my episodes with the question, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening. <laughs>